I'm Lucy. And I'm Michelle. And welcome to a special episode on Easter. Easter. Mm, this is just a short episode to, that we're slotting in to all the others to celebrate. I'm trying to make it sound good that we're slotting this thing in, even though it's a short episode. It's fun-sized, this episode. <laughs> oh, I like that term, fun-sized. Which means smaller than usual. <laughs> but yeah, we thought we might do one for Easter as well. We've done all the others, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. Okay, Easter. Well, Easter started with Lent, as it usually does. And in Lent, you had to refrain from meat, eggs and dairy for 40 days and 40 nights. But you could still eat fish, or was fish considered meat? No, I think you could still eat fish, because oh, so fish wasn't considered... You can still eat your puffin. <laughs> <laughs> you can live on a diet of puffin for 40 days and 40 nights. I love that fact, that they switched puffin to be fish because it tasted like fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. They're a funny lot. <laughs> and before you before Lent, you'd use up all the food that you weren't allowed to eat over Lent. So the Monday before Lent was called Collop Monday. And a collop Collop? Collop, yeah. A collop was fried or roasted meat. Oh. So you'd eat all your meat on Monday, and on Shrove Tuesday, Christians would go to confession to be shriven, to absolved of their sins, and a bell would be rung out to call them to church, and it was apparently called the pancake bell. Really? Hmm. Any particular reason why? Because pancakes were, were to be eaten on that day. Oh. The pancake featured in the cookbooks from 1439. But those pancakes were thicker than they would have now. And okay. They sometimes had spices mixed in. Oh. And it wasn't until French crepes appeared in England in the 18th century that England started to favour the thinner pancakes that we usually have now. I think there are more sort of toad in the hole without the toad. If you sort of, I don't know if you have toad in the hole. <laughs> we don't have toad in the hole. What is toad in the hole? <laughs> it's um, sausages in a sort of batter, thick batter. Oh, really? Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't had it since I was a child, I don't think. Shrove Tuesday was a time for celebration. And in England, we had pancake races. Well, we still have pancake races, which when you compare to them, sort of Mardi Gras celebrations of Brazil, where people dress up in spangles and feathers and things and dance through the street. Barely any clothing. It's, yeah, it sounds a bit tame, a pancake race. But no. Okay, we don't have pancake races here. So what are they? Well, they're literally a race and you have, you have, a, have a frying pan and yeah. you run and toss your pancake at the same time. <laughs> that would end up on my face in no time at all. Apparently, <laughs> it started in 1445 in a village called Olney in Buckinghamshire. And it's said to have evolved after a woman who was cooking pancakes realised that she was late for the service and ran to church still clutching her frying pan. <laughs> That's what the story is. And the Olney pancake race still goes on and has gone international since they now have a race against a town called Liberal in Kansas to really? find the fastest pancake tosser. Really? Yep. The je pancake races are generally all female affairs, or they should be, and the pancake must be tossed at least three times during the race. That's the rules. Huh. Hmm. Now I'm going to have to YouTube that and see if I can find it. Yeah. I'm sure I must have been in pancake races, or oh, I can't remember. When I was a child, I'm sure we'd have pancake races. So you have to practice tossing a pancake first. Yeah. And then hmm. do you stop and toss it, or do you keep running and then 
try and work out where it's going to be when you get to it. <laughs> Quite mathematical, oh yeah. Yeah. Shroving was a custom in which children would turn up on your doorstep and sing you a song in return for a pancake. Oh. However, if they didn't get one, they resorted to lent crocking when they would throw pieces of broken crockery at your door. Oh, <laughs> this sounds very similar to Halloween. Well, to virtually all of them, yes. And fig- yeah. if, we don't, if we can't get figgy pudding, I can't, remember what, yeah. I can't remember what happens if you don't give people figgy pudding at Christmas. But it's, yes, it's usual. These friendly, nice traditions quickly turn violent. <laughs> yes, it's extortion. Mm. It's a protection racket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you send out your nice little sweet little children and then they just they just turn on you. Yes. The first three pancakes you made were sacred. And they were marked with a cross and sprinkled with salt and set aside to ward off the evil spirits. Of course they were. Mm. But I, I suspect, when you, when, I don't make pancakes very often, but when I do, the first three I make are usually pretty dud anyway, because it takes a while <laughs> to get into it again, doesn't it? So I'm sure that's why, because they tend to be all sort of lumpy and thick, the first ones, don't they? Uh, or burnt. Yes. <laughs> there were less pleasant ways to spend Shrove Tuesday. You could indulge in threshing the cock. Pardon? <laughs> I know of wheat threshing, which is beating it, yeah. and the cock is a rooster, I'm assuming. Please tell me you're not beating a rooster. It's beating a rooster. Oh, gosh. The cockerel or rooster was tied with a piece of string, and people took it into turns to throw things at it until it was dead. What? What? I think the people were blindfolded, because otherwise it's going to be easy, doesn't it? The person who killed it got a prize. Was the prize getting beaten to death yourself? No, I think it was probably getting the cockerel to eat for... I, don't I know. am not okay with this. And sometimes I, I, the poor creature was buried up to its neck so that just its head was poking at it. This gets oh worse. God. And the participants of the games were basically... The, the rules of the game hit the cockerel's head until it's dead. I don't think the rules are any more complicated than that. I should imagine alcohol was involved. Hopefully for the rooster. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Oh, my God. These people... Every time I think, I really want to go back just to experience that time. And then we have these stories. And I'm like, no, 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 no. For a start, apart from Lent, I wouldn't be able to eat anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, if you were a peasant, you wouldn't have any meat. You'd be fine. That's true. (laughs) But I don't eat fish or puffins, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I've never been called upon to eat puffin. I'm not sure I've ever seen a puffin in the flesh. I haven't. Many towns had a Shrove Tuesday football game, which dated back to the 12th century. And football was very different from how it is now. <laughs> you didn't you didn't no. have to understand the offside rule or anything. The pitch, if you can call it that, could be several miles long and often extended from one steeple to another. And it was a complete free-for-all. I mean, you could pick up the ball, hide it even beat up your opponent. It actually sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does until you discover how many people die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just have to swim through rivers and it was just deep over ditches and it just sounds quite quite good fun. Yeah. But yeah. Except for the beating. Very dangerous. But all this lets off steam before the start of Lent. And Lent coincides with a hungry gap because there were few vegetables and you'd probably have eaten most of the meat from the animals you'd slaughtered in the winter. So maybe it was the church making the best of what's happening anyway. That's what I was thinking, because this is what, 
most people assume winter is the hunger gap, no. but it's not. It's this time where the new crops have not grown yet and you're running to the end. And most of them ate their meat before Lent because it would be going bad. Mm. If you didn't eat it by then, then you had to throw it out and nobody was throwing out food. So, yeah, it's a good time to make it a religious thing because people don't have any other option anyway. Yes, so you can make a virtue and say, look, I've hardly eaten anything for 40 days and 40 nights. And the fact that there wasn't anything... <laughs> I think it's, I mean, these days you don't have the hungry gap because there's all sorts of things you can sow in, in autumn. Yes. That will well that fills this gap now. But this is the first time throughout history. Yeah. As I said, you had to give up meat, eggs and dairy, and also sex. And a recent Tudor treat—that's the daily snippets on I put on Facebook and Instagram. So if you haven't been following them, you can go and take a look. It lists the days when having sex was prohibited by the church. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> well, if you're not married, obviously that's just completely out. <laughs> but Lent, as we said, also Advent, also Sunday, because that's the Lord's Day, and Saturday, because you're preparing for Lord's Day, and Wednesday and Friday, because they're fasting days. And when a woman's menstruating, when she's pregnant, when she's breastfeeding... <laughs> You bring out your calendar and it's twice in a year. Yes. <laughs> and you put a big circle around it. We are not doing anything. Yes. <laughs> you are going nowhere. You're not getting injured. You're not getting sick. Yep. <laughs> the lecterns and the altar of the church were covered in cloth in the same way as salvation is hidden. Oh, mm. that's kind of sweet. Yeah. After Lent, Holy Week. Palm Sunday is the day that Christ entered Jerusalem on a donkey and people spread palms in front of him. Well, there are no palms in England, not at that time. So willow and dew were used. Okay. And crosses were made from these and they were blessed and paraded through the town. Nice. Yeah. Maundy Thursday was the day that Jesus and his disciples had the Last Supper. I must admit, it was researching this. I didn't realise that was, that was what Maundy Thursday was. No. In the Middle Ages, monarchs were required to wash the feet of beggars and to give money to the yes. poor. And the present Queen still hands out Maundy money. It used to be for the poor, but now it's given to people who serve their community. Oh, okay. Mm. You have to be specially asked. I mean, you can't just turn up and expect the Queen to give you money. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> you think, well, I'm a bit short of care. Oh, I know, it's Maundy Thursday. And I know that all of the feet were well scrubbed before the King or Queen showed yes. up to do that you don't job. get anyone with... Bunions and athlete's foot or anything. He probably had the, the quite nice feet. <laughs> and originally, if I remember, the Monday service uh, is, is still during the Tudor times. They were given clothing, weren't they? I think so. Yeah. Mm. Their feet were washed, they were blessed, and they were given clothing rather than money. Mm. Well, they'd only spend it on drugs and alcohol. That's why I told not to give money to beggars these days, isn't it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. Good Friday it was the ceremony of creeping to the cross. The clergy crawled to the cross and kissed it. And then the cross was wow. brought down to the main part of the church and the congregation then crawled to it. Why? Show humility, I suppose. Huh. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. We never heard of that. No, I don't think so. I kind of feel like one of us or we should both start researching what Catholicism yes. was like because neither one of us are Catholic and this is very Catholic time. No, I wasn't brought up with any in any religion at all. And yeah, I mean, my dad told the vicar we were Jewish just to keep him off our backs. So it was just... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. 
my knowledge of religion is... <laughs> I know quite a lot about ancient Greek religion ah. and a fair bit about Mayan, but I don't know much about what should be my own. Okay, time to research some Catholicism. Okay. You read the Bible and then you can tell me all about it. That'll take months. <laughs> No, I specifically mean instead of reading the Bible, there's got to be catechism books out there to teach you about Catholicism. But I want to find one that's going to be accurate for that time period, yeah. which might be difficult. You can help me find a book. Mm. And then maybe I'll go through some of the differences between Catholicism then and now. That would be a neat Well, episode. I suppose once we get to the Reformation, we'll find what... Well, there's a few things, actually, that the um, creeping to the cross and also the procession with the crosses made out of you and willow they all got, they all went at the reformation oh okay which is terribly sad really because that's what people yeah the distress people must have felt yeah, it marked your life didn't it all these things and then suddenly you were told no you can't do that anymore and it meant nothing yeah yes the thing you, you've been doing and it meant so much to you in all these years yes yeah, it's not anything the Easter Sepulchre was, now, was then prepared. This is a niche in the church wall which was covered by a cloth to represent Christ's tomb and it was guarded overnight by parishioners. And that is still done in Catholic churches, I think. I have heard Catholics say that they've, they still they do that at Easter. Hmm. Easter Day, no chocolate eggs, no hot cross buns. The lights were all extinguished and then relit from a fire lit by the clergy using flints. So it's a, a new fire, in other words. Right. The Easter sepulchre, the cloth in front of the niche, was opened up to symbolise Christ risen again. Okay. And it was a time for a renewal. And if you could afford it, you would buy new clothes, go to the fair, play sports, and generally just be very pleased that Lent was over for another year. And you could eat again. <laughs> so there we are. That was short and sweet. Yeah, we didn't mention getting drunk on this holiday. Well, we did in as much as that could be only... Well, I was going to say the only excuse for whacking a poor cockerel over the head with a stick, but it's not yeah. an excuse, it's just an explanation, maybe. That's so not okay. No. Uh, I wonder how many sensitive souls struggled during that time. I wouldn't have been able to tolerate it. No, you assume you wouldn't, but I suppose if you're brought up with the attitude... I mean, we are going to do at some point um, on the t Patreon <laughs> episode <laughs> as part of the How the Judas Thought series, what they thought about animals. Yeah. And what they thought about creatures which were partly animal, like these dog-headed yes. creatures and the pe people with their faces in their chests and all these... Weird. And the unipods. <laughs> yes. So, um, so we might find out if anybody did say. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci was a vegetarian. I know that, but whether that was okay. to do with not wanting to hurt animals, well, we'll find out. Yeah. Which we will then talk about on the Patreon episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That seems sort of fun. Everything but the chicken. Poor chicken. <laughs> I suppose so. And if you think about it now, we know they're the descendants of the dinosaurs and you're using them as sport. Mm. Mm. Poor little tyrannosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is a... Yeah. <laughs> you 
happy Jolly Easter. <laughs> so happy Easter. <laughs> so no bunny rabbit. <laughs> no bunny rabbit. I wonder when that started. I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. I I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's all to do with spring, isn't it? The rabbits and the eggs. and. Phil, thank you for listening to our special episode on Easter. Mm-hmm. Next, we don't know. (laughs) It'll be something. It'll be something. It's a little hard to say what's coming up next when we pull things out of a box randomly. (laughs) I should think it's Polydor Virgil, or have we already had him? No, we haven't. It's Polydor Virgil, I should think. Okay, it should be Polydor Virgil. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I've got to print out our calendar and then sort mm-hmm. of figure out where we're going to slot in these special episodes. The special episodes are, are for us to just in case something goes wrong and we can't get to recording, like life gets in the way. And since we do poll, we're not we're not months ahead like some of the other podcasts. We are at the time you're listening. We're pretty much still doing that research for the next person mm. where there's not that delay that most people have, like, I know some people keep, like, six, seven months of podcasts in the can. Do they? Goodness me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, these get slotted in. Yeah, we live in a wing and a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been good. But happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter, everybody. Enjoy your creeping to the cross and your whacking a cockerel over the head, if that's what yeah. you'll be doing. Let's not do that. If you're going to do that, please do it as a piñata, like an actual piñata, not not a live animal. Mm-hmm. And enjoy your Easter eating lots of chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.